Welcome to the Tim and James universe. History of sound. What is up all you music fans out there? One half of the TJU right here before your very ears. And yes, uh, believe it or not, yet another episode of History of Sound coming at you right now. Uh, So today on my half of History of Sound, we are going to be discussing the Norwegian symphonic black metal band Demu Borgir. Uh, The name is actually derived from a volcanic formation found in Iceland that is also named Demu Borgir. The name of which, uh, the name means dark cities or dark castles, fortresses in Icelandic and Old Norse. Now, Demu has gone through many, many lineup changes, which is not uncommon with a lot of black metal bands. The only two people in the band who are the original members are uh, the Sh- the vocalist Shagrath and the rhythm guitarist uh, Silent O's. Those are the only two people still around who uh, started the band. The other, the lead guitarist Galder, uh, did not form the band, but he has been there a very, very long time. Galder, if you remember, is the person behind the band Old Man's Child, which I promoted an album from theirs on the first so f- and so far only episode of Sound Bites, which. I do plan to do another one of those because those are kind of more quick and just kind of to the point. So, Demu Borger was formed in uh, Jesheim, Norway in 1993. They have a lot of albums. Let's see. One, two, three. So far, eight. Well, it's hard to say because they have a lot of split albums as well. Split albums, if you're not familiar, I think I think typically the reason they bands will do that is to kind of share production costs because it is it's quite expensive to actually record something. So a lot of it, I see a lot with old older like kind of black metal stuff, a lot of split albums. So there's like six songs from somebody and then six from another. So there's a lot of that. Uh, I'm not gonna be going over too many of those, or probably not even any. I'm probably just gonna hit the main. Um, actual releases uh, of which there are let me get a count here three, four five there are 10 there are 10 uh lps uh if you want to call them that yeah full releases from the band um let's go ahead and start with the debut album which is called for altid uh which in norwegian stands for for all time this was released in 1995. It spans a decent 42 minutes and 38 seconds. Now, the thing with 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 Demu Borger is, yes, they are black metal. I know there are a lot of people in the community who don't call them that just because, I don't know, some of the stuff is more melodic or these synthesizers later on in, the, in their albums. I, I don't... I don't know. It's definitely, it's not traditional black metal, sure, uh, but symphonic black metal or whatever you want to call it is still in the same family. 
So I don't know. But a lot of people consider their first two albums to be black metal, but they're not traditional at all either. I mean, as you'll hear, I'll, I'm going to play a couple songs from this because I actually, actually really, really enjoy the these first two albums. I don't, I don't know if they're they're not my favorites from them, but they are actually really good. Uh, so let's go ahead and play. I'm going to play Detnai Raquette. And again, I'm probably butchering all the pronunciations, um, but it translates to the New Kingdom. Uh, this one has a very like. This is definitely an introduction track because there's not a whole lot going on, but there's this weird intro. Um, so I'll pl- let the intro play for a bit and then uh, kind of maybe I'll skip ahead eventually to some of the w- kind of more melodic part of this song. But here we go. Here is Detonai Riquette. See, typically you wouldn't hear that on a black metal album. It's some kind of weird uh, weird stuff going on. Let me skip ahead just a little bit. So this is where the song eventually will go. eventually that goes into kind of there's no singing in this particular track but there's kind of just like a not really a chant either but just kind of spoken words and again this album is all in norwegian as well as the second album Um, but it's just those two Uh, afterwards they switch to english Um, let's go ahead and skip let's play another song i heard the buddy's system of a down episode where he just played a bunch of fucking songs off all the albums so i'm gonna play more than one that i've been doing let's go to just track number two uh this is under corpin's vinger which translates to under the wings of the raven things i believe they start picking up here a little bit let's uh let's let's have a listen It's definitely more melodic kind of black metal because it's not as the, – the the blast beats in this aren't as crazy as what you might hear from like a Immortal or Dark Throne or something. Eventually, they do kind of get that way. But these first two albums, despite being considered black metal by the purists, I guess – I'm doing air quotes uh, – really, really experimental stuff going on in this. Uh, let's skip ahead. So we get some, uh, some of the vo- – the vocals are definitely kind of traditional style. So let's see if I can get some here. Thank you. 
damn, I really fucking love the style and this that they had in this album. I wouldn't mind if they came out with a, a new album that was kind of in this vein. I think that'd be kind of badass. Um, let's play one more off this one. Uh, this is track eight, um, and it is uh, Rabjorn Spieler Drohman's Skode, which translates to Rabjorn. So I guess it's like a name. Rabjorn reflects the mist of Drohman. Uh, here we go. Damn, I really enjoy that. Let's, let's definitely get some more vocals in here. can't tell me that's not just fucking badass uh so yeah there we go something unique about um this album and the second album which i'm going to move on to right now uh is that shagrath the vocalist is actually doing drums on a lot of the tracks i don't know if it's all of them uh but definitely something uh, a bit unique he doesn't really do that uh, on any of the later ones so let's move on ahead to storm blast which is their second album it came out january 25th 1996 the lineup for this uh, would change a little bit. Um, this is a hard name to pronounce. Uh, Jodalv switched to drums as opposed to guitar, where he was on guitar over the first album. Uh, and now Shagrath is on vocals here. And the lyrics written by Aldrin. Uh, so definitely use some more keyboards here. This one actually got a... There was a re-release of this, I want to say in the 2000s. But where, like, they actually straight up re-recorded everything. And they actually kind of changed a couple of the songs. Uh, which was interesting. Maybe, we'll, maybe I'll play a little bit of that, too, when we get to it. But, yeah, let's go ahead and... Well, so we played the title track off the last one. Or the the first track. Let's go ahead and play Altlis Usvent Hen. Which means all light has faded away. I'm glad this is the last album that has these titles. Here we go. God, I love the shit out of these, the keyboards on these two albums. Um, let's go right to track four um, because it's it's in the similar vein. I believe this is entirely this whole song is basically just piano. Uh, it's called Sorgen's Kammer, which means Chamber of Sorrow. Um, I know when they, well, I'll talk about it later. I'm skipping ahead. Here we go. Sorgen's Kammer is a little bit. 
pretty sure by the end of it, it starts kicking into all kinds of shit. Here we go. Losing connection. All right, we'll just skip ahead. Uh, I'm about to play a little bit of Stormblast. I think this one's a little heavier. I've listened to this album in quite a while. Um, well now my whole thing just doesn't work. So our our shows, just so you guys know, are cursed. They're entirely cursed. Also, I'm noticing now I'm 13 minutes in, and I'm only on the second album, the second of 10. Uh, hopefully, these start fucking working. There we go. to hear it all right so moving on this is where they really started to hit it big their third album released in on may 30th 1997 uh it is called enthroned darkness triumphant the norwegian titles are gone uh this is the last release that features keyboardist stian arstand and because he had to it says oh he left to serve uh, in the Norwegian army. I guess he had some kind of obligation. Maybe he was there before and he got called in. I'm not sure how the works, the military works over there in Norway. But yeah, this is, I, I believe this might be the, f- I think one of the songs on here might be the first one I ever heard. I think Morning Palace or Spellbound are probably the first songs I heard, um, which I actually, I think I checked them out a little bit before, but I remember I saw them at uh, Ozfest in 2004 um, they were playing on the main stage right before Slayer, and I didn't really know a whole lot about them at the time. I mean, I was just I was a I was a junior that year. The internet was really kind of starting to be a really easily accessible thing and a and a way to pirate music. I'm just gonna come out and say it. We all know everybody our age had Kazaa or LimeWire, uh, and would get albums that way. So. The horizons began to expand, um, and I checked them out because I saw their name on the Ozless tour or the Ozfest tour, and I knew I was going to be going. I heard a couple of their stuff, and it was interesting. And then I saw them live, and it it just it blew me the fuck away. They they honestly were the best act of the whole night, and and that's on the same night where Judas Priest performed and Black Sabbath played, which all I mean all were amazing. I'm immensely happy that I got to see those bands. I got this. I can say I saw fucking Black Sabbath and Judas Priest play, and it actually was Ozzy, you know. So that's that's really cool. Uh, but then I saw, and then once I saw them live, that's when I just started falling down the fucking rabbit hole, and I explored all of these bands, anything associated. I just looked into, and I went down the the, the black metal pit, uh, as it were. So let's go ahead and. Uh, oh, my phone says I have no service, but let's see if something will play anyway. So this, you'll definitely notice a uh, style change here where it goes, there's not so much slowness uh, going on here with this. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just completely, internet has completely shit the bed right now. It is a bummer because I have to use my new phone because the microphone is 10 times better. So you'll be able to hear me and the music better. Problem is I'm using my old phone um, and like a, a speaker 
to play the music. All right, here we go. How about a little bit of Morning Palace off in Throne Darkness Triumphant? I'm looking at some of these review scores, and they are like all nine out of tens and nine and a half out of tens. Yeah, this album uh, really, really was when they dis- really discovered their sound, and it would it would be similar to this for a number of albums, probably until again like the late 2010s when a couple members would leave the band. Uh, let's play one more from this one. Let's play "Spellbound" by the Devil. Because the buddy is so fond of it, let's skip ahead a little bit and see where we land. So there you had it. There was Spellbound by the Devil. And now let's move on to the album. One of my favorites. Could be my favorite. I'm not sure. Sh- Maybe. Definitely up there. Um, the fourth studio album, which released, which released March 2nd, 1999. This one is called Spiritual Black Dimensions. Now, they saw a lot of changes in this one. Uh, they added Moostis on the keyboards. A couple of members had to leave for family things, and someone else formed another band, and someone else left for creative differences and whatnot. Um, Also, notable addition was new bassist slash clean vocalist ICS Vortex, who, for purposes, I'll just call Vortex as we go along. Uh, Also, the drummer, uh, Joe Dolph, left to family commitments, and Nicholas Barker of Cradle of Filth would join um, on drums, and this is where Galder would join the band as lead guitarist. So let's go ahead and talk about uh, Spiritual Black Dimensions just a little bit. The album cover features an angel with its eyes covered and with wraps around its 
uh, torso and the arms behind its back. It was based on the painting called The Wounded Angel, which is by a Finnish painter named Hugo Simberg. It's definitely an album that if you were in a record store, if record stores still exist, it would stop you in the aisle and go, wait, what's this? And you'd pick it up and flip it around and then see all these, see the fucking t- names of songs like Behind the Curtains of Night, Phantasmagoria, and you go, I wonder what this sounds like. Uh, gee, I can't, I can't wait to find out. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and listen to uh, a song or two. Here we go. Let's start with the title track because that is kind of what we do. Um, this one's called Reptile. Nobody, not that reptile. <laughs> okay, here we go. see a lot of the uh, synthesizer work happening here a lot of stuff the keyboards that the Mustis brings in uh with his style would permeate this album and the next one they're like some of the biggest most bombastic parts of all their songs so you heard a little bit in there um right there at the end of vortex coming in doing some clean vocals so i'm just gonna play a little bit of this is my personal favorite demu song uh it's called the insight and the catharsis and I'm going to just play it, but I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to where I know Vortex uh, starts singing so you can get a feel of what he would bring to the band. There you have it. Uh, that that is just a, an amazing uh, seven minutes, seven and a half minute song, or however long that thing is. Uh, absolutely fantastic. So now let's move on to their fifth full release, which came out March twentieth, two thousand and one. This one is called Puritanical Euphoric Misanthropia. This is the first album where ICS Vortex is a full member of the band, uh, and he's out. He's now playing bass. This is probably 
one of their most critically acclaimed albums, I think. Uh, it has one song on here called Puritania, which I believe popped in on a, a game or two. I don't remember what one. But uh, that one became a little bit more well-known. It's not, it's not like a traditional kind of Demu song, which, again, by this era is kind of what you heard from the last two. Um, a lot of blast beats. Um, there is keyboards, but it's not how it was on the first two albums, which you've, you've just heard. Um, so let's play... This will be the last album I play more than a couple, I think, probably on. Uh, so let's just play track number two, uh, blessings upon the throne of tyranny i'm starting with track two because the first track is actually a really nice i'll play a little bit here here's the first one fear and wonder it's just like an orchestral kind of lead-in which is fantastic but let's kick right into the sudden heavy shit with blessings upon the throne of tyranny why not I just fucking, I love this shit. Uh, this is another album that has uh, quite a striking cover. This one, would, if, if it was uncovered in a, in a shelf, would definitely make you stop. It is, uh, look it up, but it's, it's the nude body of a woman who is being wrapped up with barbed wire. Um, and yes, everything is on full display. Uh, on, on Spotify, I'm looking at it right now, the breasts are covered with a sensor bar. Uh, for some reason, the bush isn't, but that's interesting. Uh, so... I won't play. I'll play one more. I'll play. I'll play Puritania, which is the kind of the weirder one, but it got a lot of um, uh, recognition from a lot of kind of outside things. But some other really good highlight tracks. This this might be my favorite album from now that I'm like looking at it. Um, track three: Kings of the Carnival Creation, uh, Hybrid Stigmata, The Apostasy, Architecture of a Genocidal Nature, Symposium. Uh, yeah, but let's play track six, Puritania, and you'll see kind of how weird this one is. I'll, I'll let this play in the beginning, and I might skip ahead, but I won't say I am. I'll just do it. Here we go. So it's definitely a little slower, uh, a little slower, a little more chuggier with the riffing, um, and that the keyboard stuff again at the forefront, and a lot of kind of weird uh, production going on with that one. I can see why it's definitely more uh, more accessible for people. So now we move on to the next album, which got them a, a lot of attention. Uh, this one came out September 9th, two thousand and three. 
This is Death Cult Armageddon. This is the album they were touring for at the time when I saw them live. This was the hot new album when I saw them. Uh, it sold over 100,000 copies in the United States, which, again, for a black metal album is shocking. Uh, this is the last album that has Nicholas Barker from Cradle of Filth on drums. This one is, again, because it's, I mean, it's called Death Cult Armageddon. So this one's kind of telling the story of like an apocalyptic kind of thing. Um, again, I won't play probably a whole lot off of this one. But the the most well-known song is probably track two, which is Progenies of the Great Apocalypse. It has a really good section from Vortex on here. So let's just jump right into this. As you can tell, um, they are using an orchestra on a couple of these tracks. This one definitely. They actually did a live show a couple of years ago in Norway where they actually had an uh, orchestra on stage with them. So that was always one of the things I really loved about this kind of black metal, I guess in this band in particular, because I'm also a huge fan of classical music. Those are like the two genres for me that when I was listening to all the time back then was, was the really heavy shit and classical there was no in between. Uh, it was the, the the two extremes, and I loved it. And I, they both go together so well. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump back in, uh, back to the song. The eyes to I want to find Vortex's part because it is uh he is he's one of my favorite vocalists. So let me see if I can find it. Just some really good shit. There's also some really good other good songs on here too. Uh, Lepers Among Us, uh, Virgis Bird, which is Burden of Wrath in English, uh, Blood Hunger Doctrine, Cataclysm Children, Eradication Instincts Defined, which I also has like a beginning um, kind of orchestral bit. Uh, but again, this is going a little bit long, so I won't play any more off of that one. Let's go to. I'm gonna skip the Storm Blast uh, kind of remake they did, uh, but it is good. So if you like that. Um, go ahead and check that out. And I'm not going to play anything off of this one. Their next, uh, their eighth studio album came out April 23rd, 2007. Uh, it is called Insorte Diaboli, which is Latin for In League with the Devil. This is the last album that would feature Vortex and Mustis. Both left. It's it's not exactly 100% clear why they left. Um, if or if they were fired, the band came out and said they were fired, and then some kind of said some disparaging stuff about both of them that a lot of the fa- fans of the band felt kind of like 
taken aback by like wow that's a that's a weird statement for you guys to make um and uh, tr- truthfully they have not been the exact same since i'm not super crazy about about uh in sort of diaboli i know it's a um or diaboli however you want to pronounce it uh it's a concept album it was the first one they did uh the reviews are summer summer positive and it's not it's not a bad album by any means but it's definitely not the one that I go to um, when I want to listen to some Demu. So let's jump into something uh, a bit interesting here with their ninth studio album, which was called Abra Hadabra. Uh, this came out September 22nd, 2010. So there was a three-year gap there while they were filling the spots. So this this album, again don't really like it there's one song that's that's pretty good um and a lot of it has to do with the the guest on it uh they have a norwegian woman by the name of agneti uh jolsrud uh, who is also from the bands animal alpha and jerv um animal alpha had a song i think that was in it was in some it was in some movie it was in some famous or a movie that came out around the time but uh it's called gateways i'll play this one just so you can hear the kind of shift in style here we go. here's gateways and try and skip ahead to the part where you can hear the female guest vocalist <laughs> There's not a whole lot else on this album that I'm crazy about. I was I, when this album came out, I was mostly just pissed off because they were going to be touring for so long. And it was keeping Galder away from spending more time doing Old Man's Child. Uh, so that's kind of how I was feeling. But now we skip ahead to their tenth studio album, and their last uh, release was the album called Ionian. This came out May fourth, twenty eighteen. Uh, I remember when this was about to come out, I was, I don't know if concerned, I was not anticipating it whatsoever, but because they had put out a couple of singles, which I wasn't super crazy about at the time, I could see some interesting stuff going on in there, and all the singles were like the first four tracks of the album, and then once you got to the second half, the second half of the album was fucking awesome, uh, so... Let me play Interdimensional Summit, which is, I think, the first single, and it's it's all right, but here we go.
uh, not too bad. I'm gonna just I'm gonna start playing these really fast because I know I know this is going long and I really apologize. Uh, here we go. There's another song, uh, track six, Lightbringer. Well, obviously it's a reference to Satan. I don't know if uh, if you all needed that explained. Um, I'm filling in for time here because my phone's doing that thing where I skipped ahead, and then it's deciding whether or not it wants to play. <laughs> so. As I'm talking, I'm just fiddling with it. Uh, the re- I'm looking at the reviews. Metal Injection gave it like a full 10. 10 out of 10. And then Metal Sucks gave it a 2 out of 5. I'm seeing a lot of 6s. So I guess a lot of people were torn. Um, I don't know. But I thought this was definitely better than Abrahadabra. Like I, I – this is at a time where Demu just wasn't really cool to me anymore. It really did rub me the wrong way how they let – oh, here we go. They have slowed stuff down a little bit. Um, I think there's another song, Archaic Correspondence. If my memory serves, it's that one's pretty fast. But I'm not going to play any more tracks. Uh, I think you all think you all get the point. Uh, but yeah, so that was Demu, and I know that they are apparently working on an 11th studio album. I'm sort of anticipating it because I like Dionian a little bit, uh, but I don't know. It's I'm still not expecting a whole lot at this point with this band. I'm kind of if an album they release is good. I'm pleasantly surprised and I'll enjoy it, but I'm not really anticipating or super excited for a release anymore. It, it's it, it's Vortex's presence and Moose's too are both sorely missed, and it's very apparent when you see like a live performance. Like when I was talking about, they did that live performance with the whole orchestra. They also had like a huge choir, and when they would get to the parts of the songs that they play with the clean vocals that normally Vortex would do. The entire choir would sing it, but it's that choir still was not nearly as good as Vortex was. So you really are missing a lot of the big, like grandiose parts of a lot of their songs without having him on stage. Because he's like a fucking seven foot tall Norwegian dude with long blonde hair. He's like literally the personification of Thor. That was what he looks like. But yeah, so there you go. That was uh, the history of sound, Dumu Borger. This is the longest one I've done so far. Probably the longest one I'll ever do, maybe, unless I do Devin Townsend, which that's going to be a nightmare because he has so much stuff. But yeah, uh, there you go. I hope you all enjoyed. I hope you all check out a lot of the albums if it uh, you know, it piqued your fancy or if you just want to expand your musical horizons and try something a little bit different. Um, go ahead and check out Dumu Borger. Yeah, you really can't go wrong. All right. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Wow, that sure was a great episode, huh, gang? If you liked what you heard, and why wouldn't you, interact with us on social media. Follow us at TNJUniverse on Instagram. That's TNJUniverse. Or find us individually at SandmanRios on Instagram and ZeroSignal316 on Instagram and Twitter. And we'll see you next time. Fuck yeah!